Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour one on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. A lot of things to talk about. That is old school basketball last night. Warriors Grizzlies. We'll talk about that. The fallout, the flagrant fouls, and that series now shifting to Golden State. 76ers heat coming up tonight. And you have the Mavs and the Phoenix Suns. Celtics handled the Bucks, tied the series at a game apiece. Grizzlies beat the Warriors. That series tied at a game apiece. John ja Morant drops 47. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. This program, award nominated. Brought to you by the hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats, the only place to collect them all, Panini Trading Cards. The official trading cards of the DP Show. For instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll questions, all of that coming up. you like to get in touch with the program, you can tweet at DP Show. You can also dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Operator, Tyler, standing by. Uh, we say good morning to Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Download the app, watch for free. And uh, we say hello to our radio affiliates, part of Fox Sports Radio's uh, great lineup there. Also, uh, Premier, iHeartRadio, and the radio affiliates around the country. I'll talk about basketball from last night. Also, the NCAA is now discussing a salary cap for name, image, and likeness. That didn't take long, did it? More details on that. The Lakers need a lot of help, and their struggles, no, uh, not big news to anybody here. L.A. is still looking for a new head coach. It was reported yesterday that Phil Jackson's going to serve a significant role in finding the Lakers' next head coach. Phil's one of the great coaches of all time. He is not one of the great general managers, front office people of all time. Not even close. In his 39 months with the Knicks, he hired Derek Fisher. He was interested in Luke Walton, had Kurt Rambis, and he hired Jeff Hornacek. Fisher and Horney would combine to give New York four straight lottery picks and a winning percentage under 430. L.A. has more talent on their roster than the Knicks had, but if Laker fans feel like Phil Jackson's involvement in the coaching search is automatically going to guarantee a great hire, you might want to think again. They should have hired Ty Lue, and then this wouldn't be an issue. Frank Vogel helped them win a championship. He was sent packing. Is Mike Brown coming in? Is Doc Rivers coming in? But just because you have Phil Jackson helping out, there are certain people who do certain things really well. And Phil was able to coach 
superstars, personalities, not hire people. I wondered if the Lakers would look at Phil when the season ended. I even said on the show, if I'm the Lakers, I at least ask Phil if he's interested in coaching. But, you know, at his age, with his health, he's going to have an advisory role here with Jeannie Buzz. Phil Jackson's 76. Dang. But the Lakers looking at finding somebody who can come in, the first thing I would say is, what are you asking that coach to do? Is he going to develop young talent? Can he handle the egos? Is Westbrook going to be there? Is LeBron going to re-sign there? What do you do with Anthony Davis? That's what I need to find out, because I don't care Bill Jackson's acumen. If you don't know what you want from your coach, because you might have a coach who's good with veterans. Okay, what about the younger players? Are you going to develop the younger players? And I think that's a key component of who you're going to bring in here. Because right now, who's going to stand up to LeBron? What do you do with uh, Russell Westbrook? How do you motivate Anthony Davis? How do you develop some of the younger players? It's hard to find the one person who can do all those things. Because I don't think LeBron ends his career in Los Angeles. Westbrook is not going to end his career in Los Angeles. Anthony Davis, probably going to be there for a little while. But I get the feeling LeBron knows when the writing's on the wall. Knew that in Cleveland, knew that in Miami, knew what he could do in Los Angeles. And it feels like he's exhausted. The West is stacked. Think about it. Golden State, Memphis, Phoenix, Denver's going to be good You know when people get healthy. Utah is probably in a reload, not rebuild. But you do have some talent there. And if I'm LeBron and I look around and I go, how do I win another championship? Because that's, that's what this is all about for him. How do I win a championship? You're not going to win it with that group. I don't care if you, you know, bring back Red Arbach from the dead. You're not winning. You're not going to win a championship. You're not even close. I think Dallas adds one more piece. I mean, Dallas is already better than the Lakers. Look at the number of teams that are better than the, you know, the Pelicans. Zion comes back. They're better than the Lakers. So you start to look at the pecking order there. And if you're LeBron, I truly think that he would love to end up with the Cavaliers. I think it makes sense if he could get his son to play there. And he does love the young talent there. And rightfully so, because LeBron listens to this show. As I told everybody at the beginning of the year, keep an eye on Cleveland. They're a playoff team. LeBron's probably looking at Darius Garland. His good buddy Kevin Love is still there. You've got some you know, really great young talent. Evan Mobley is there. The question is, I don't think that owner likes him, and LeBron doesn't like that owner. But other than that, I could see LeBron ending up someplace else, probably Cleveland. But Phil Jackson, they're talking about him coming in. And look, there's talk in Los Angeles, in LeBron's circles, about this topic right here. Does he stay? He wanted to get Russell Westbrook traded. But he didn't want to tell Russell Westbrook that he was the person who was saying he wanted to get him traded. So there's a lot of things that are going on there. But that was big news that Phil Jackson is going to be an advisor on them hiring a new head coach. Doesn't seem like they're getting Nick Nurse from the Toronto Raptors. That was another on their wish list. Does Doc Rivers help you? All right. Well, what's Doc done? What's he done since the 08 Celtics? Big disappointments. But that's one of those topics that's that's here. It's simmering. But at some point, I think you're going to start to see breadcrumbs into what they're going to do. And how does that affect LeBron James? Yeah, Paul. The people I feel bad for are Lakers fans who wake up this morning and they see they're on their Twitter or their feed or their TV or radio, and they hear the words Phil Jackson, dot 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 coaching, dot 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 Lakers, and then they find out he's helping the search yeah. for the next coach of the Lakers. You know, that, that could be when you're waking up in the morning. Last night was old school basketball. Um, you, you know, we call it something different now: a hard foul as opposed to a cheap shot, a flagrant. These two teams, Golden State and Memphis, don't like each other. You get the, the feeling that Memphis is supposed to be the underdog. 
They got home court advantage. They got the best uh, talent in this game, in John Moran. I, I, I don't want to say he's the best player because he's too inconsistent. And recency bias, everybody is going to go crazy over John Morant. It feels like every 10 days to two weeks, we go, John Morant, best player. Oh, my God, that guy is unbelievable. Yes, he's all of those things. But you know what greatness is? It's consistency. It's not these pockets where you go, go back to the game that he had the greatest playoff dunk of all time. He didn't do anything in the first three quarters. You need consistency. He's only 22, and and he will provide that. But when I watch, I I marvel at the confidence he has. He's not afraid. And when you have that, you have that ability, and you have that mindset of I'm fearless. Now sometimes it could hurt you because you get overly confident. But playoff basketball is different basketball. And there was a play last night where Gary Payton was taken out by Dylan Brooks, and Gary Payton is done for the rest of the playoffs. He's got a broken uh, elbow. Here is Steve Kerr after the game on Dylan Brooks' hard foul. Playoff basketball is going to – it's supposed to be physical. You know, everybody's going to compete. Everybody's going to fight for everything. But there's a code in this league. There's a code that players follow um, where you you never – Put a guy's season slash career in jeopardy by taking somebody out in midair and clubbing him across the head and ultimately fracturing Gary's elbow. This is a guy who's been toiling the last six years trying to make it in this league. Finally found a home. Just you know, playing his butt off this year in the playoffs. You know, this should be the time of of his life. And uh, a guy comes in and whacks him across the head in midair. He broke the code. Dylan Brooks broke the code. He did. And he broke his elbow as well. Once again, this is a different era of basketball. And these are investments. These guys are making a lot of money out there. Whereas playoff basketball 25, 30, 35 years ago, this would just be a hard foul. And it would be a shame that somebody was out with a broken elbow. And it would be just a foul. It wouldn't have been a you know flagrant. It would have been playoff foul. That's a playoff foul. That's what it would have been labeled. Whether you like it or not, you you never you never go up putting somebody in jeopardy on a layup. And Steve Kerr is right. The code is well. Dylan Brooks may not know the code. Steve Kerr knows the code because it was part of his era. When you went up, you at least had to be respectful to that guy because. If you did something to their player, they were going to do something to your player. You just can't do this. Chop blocks in football, you can't do it. Because that takes you out for a season. That's where it's you're really going after somebody trying to hurt them. I don't know if Dylan Brooks was trying to hurt him, but I do think he was trying to give a hard foul there. Because this there is real tension in this matchup. I mean, it is palpable, tangible, and they don't like each other because Memphis is saying, hey, nobody, nobody's given us any credit. You guys are all the stars. You know, Steph likes to shimmy. You know, Draymond flipping off the crowd. I mean, this is real. And let's see what happens when we go to Golden State because Golden State's not done. Gary Payton is a really valuable asset for this Golden State team. Draymond took an elbow, and, you know, he flipped off the crowd. <laughs> he uh, had this to say about uh, flipping off the fans. You're going to boo somebody who get elbowed in the eye and face running on blood, you should get flipped off. So I'll take the fine. I'll go do an appearance and make up the money. But it felt really good to flip them off. You're going to boo someone that get elbowed in the eye and blood running on your face? I could have had a concussion or anything. So if they're gonna if they're gonna be that nasty, I can be nasty too, and I'm assuming the cheers was because they know I'll get fine. Great, I make twenty five million dollars a year. I should be just fine. <laughs> well, he's got a point there, but it feels like Draymond Green is more about the personality of Draymond Green, not his performance. 
Anybody know what his numbers were last night? Anybody know what his numbers were in game one? And the answer is no. Because we're talking about Draymond Green getting a technical or foul somebody or a flagrant, flipping somebody off. This makes me nervous about Golden State. And I pick Golden State to win it all. Draymond Green makes me nervous because I want Draymond Green to play basketball. I don't need him to be an agitator. I just need him to play great basketball. He can still be an agitator, just play great great basketball. And when it becomes more of a performance, you know, we've seen players who get caught up in what their image is, what I'm supposed to do. Dennis Rodman was one, one of the most brilliant basketball players that I've ever witnessed because you knew that he was sort of crazy, but in a calculated way. And he could get into your head. He didn't do anything that was crazy flamboyant, but he could also kind of get tangled up with Carl Malone, trip him up a little bit there. Like he was just enough of an agitator that he kept his cool while trying to get you riled up. Draymond Green doesn't do that. And as you go deeper into the playoffs, as we found out a couple of years ago, he cost Golden State another NBA championship. That would concern me. The other game, and oh, by the way, the Celtics dominated the Bucs, and uh, that was an impressive performance. And their defense, what they've done against uh, Giannis, you don't have Chris Middleton, and the Bucs got to find some other answers here. But that was a, a physical beatdown by the Boston Celtics. What kind of poll question do you think about today, Seton? Well, Dan, we could start with the games last night. All right. We could do something simple, like do you prefer your basketball games friendly or chippy? <laughs> friendly or chippy? That's a new segment we're doing, friendly or chippy. Friendly oh, or no, chippy. It's friendly. It's chippy. Yeah. Uh, we could say last night the Memphis Grizzlies were playing tough basketball, playing dirty basketball. Well, I think they were playing tough basketball, but I they played dirty in that one moment. In that one moment. Yeah. But it, But it's going to be that way. Moving forward, and Golden State is going to reciprocate. Going to happen. But Steve Kerr is going to tell his team, let's not be stupid. Let's let's not play into what they want us to be. We're a finesse team, and we're going to go out there and we're going to dominate them. Memphis knows that we can put some pressure on them, be physical with them. And if I'm Golden State and Steve Kerr, I just say, we're going back home and we're going to give them a not-so-subtle message, but do it in a different way. We're going to play great basketball against them. What else do you have, Seaton? The Oakland A's will stay in Oakland, move to Las Vegas. We'll talk about that coming up. It seems like, seems like, Vegas is going to be the new home of the Oakland A's. They signed a 10-year deal, a 10-year lease to stay in Oakland. It, It This is... This has gone back and forth for years, years. Oh, they're going to stay. We need a new stadium. If we don't get a new stadium, you know, the Raiders just said, all right, we're moving. They went to Vegas. You know, are we going to get, you know, build something? Hey, can we do something with the Warriors? Can we do something uh, in San Francisco? You know, it's just gone back and forth. And it feels like that's where the Oakland A's are headed. Vegas investors have said that, uh, you know, they have strong interest in a uh, site in Las Vegas. It feels like we're going to have teams in every sport in Las Vegas over the next 10 years, maybe five years. It feels like we're going to have a baseball team there. It feels like if we have expansion, or I was told yesterday by somebody who works with the NBA, relocation is another thing to keep an eye on. Might not add two more teams, but might relocate some franchises, one in Seattle and one in Vegas. Let's take a break. Uh, We'll get some phone calls here. There's a lot of topics to dive into. Glad you're part of the program. Make sure you go to the website. we got some great new T-shirts there. Great. Have some fun ones that uh, are attached to the NFL draft, but uh, also some basketball ones there. Go to danpatrick.com. Got sales going on all the time. Oh, we're running late. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Got my link soul on today. Came in. Uh, I I didn't get applause, but I did get recognition from the Danettes as I walked. I kind of sauntered in today. I felt almost runway like. Yeah, Paul. I think I said you looked fresh and breezy. Yeah, which is a compliment. Yeah, 
Uh, I took it as a compliment, but uh, I got my hoodie on today. All what I gave you a wink and a nod, but you didn't acknowledge it, or maybe you. Didn't well, I see couldn't. It. I couldn't hear that. No, a wink and a nod. Just as you were walking by my desk, I just gave you a little before the show. A wink is as good as a nod to a blind man. I guess that's true. Yeah, just want to let you know. I got I got my Link Soul on too. Yeah, thank you, Tom. You're welcome. All right. Link Soul, you can wear what we're wearing. You can go to the website l i n k s o u l dot com. They're always doing great things. Love what these these people stand for. They got pants and windbreakers. They got the uh, boardwalker shorts that double as swim trunks. It's a lifestyle. And uh, if you uh, go now, new customers get 15% off their first order, and you get free shipping. Just let them know that we sent you. L-I-N-K, linksoul.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tennessee Titans head coach or uh, quarterback Ryan Tannehill sought therapy after the playoff loss to the Bengals. And he also said it's not his job to mentor rookie Malik Willis. We'll talk about that coming up as well. Settle on a poll question. Paulie's got a snarky one. Yes, Paulie. Okay, this is based off Tyler Hero, the uh, young gunner for the Miami Heat. Mm. He won six man of the year award. Okay. Some people responded on the social media going, wow, he, he's still coming off the bench. He felt like a budding star a year and a half ago. Yes. And he ha- averages 21 points a game, which is awesome, but he also is still coming off the bench. 
Which is the more slightly insulting award you could win? Sixth man of the year or most improved player? Because as much as it's a great award, means you're a very good player, it, it does highlight the fact that you're still riding the pine to start the games. Most improved, you can still be a starter, as John Moran has proven, who never should have gotten most improved, by the way. You should not be a lottery pick. You can't be a lottery pick and, and be eligible for most improved. Okay. I, think, I, I think we got to have a new rule that states that. I got all these new rules for the NBA. You can't be most improved. Um, Comeback player of the year is usually there's a good story around it. Yeah, there's a reason why you came back, probably an injury. Yes, yeah, My early money for next year is on James Harden. Maybe James it, Harden comes. He's well, going to end up being most improved. No, it's, it's going to be uh, Ben Simmons. Oh, Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah. Ben Simmons is going to win comeback player of the year, most improved player, and maybe comes off the bench and wins sixth man of the year. Yes, Paul. What if we come up with another award, most devolved player, like someone who is pretty Mm. good and is going the wrong way? There could be James Harden could be the guy this year. His game has seemed to go on from 30 to 21. I would have the award just to see the award handed out. The MDP. Yeah, that's the commissioner hands it out to James Harden. (laughs) Yes, yes, Tom. And the beard's going to show up to that award. If there's an after party, he will. <laughs> yeah, if they have it at a club, James uh, probably uh, the most devolved player. By the way, I said goodbye to Ozark last night. Final episode. No spoiler. No spoiler alert here. But it's it held its own. It, it, it put itself up on the mantle of great shows of all time. To be able to do that many that many years, that many shows, and still keep your interest. Ozark said goodbye to Jason Bateman, Laura Linney. Spectacular. Yes, Eden. Where does it rank among I consider Breaking mm. Bad maybe the best TV show I've ever seen. Yeah. Where is it in the Breaking Bad category? It's it it's there. It's probably better call Saul type status. Mm. But I, but it's in it, it's in the conversation. Let's put it that way. Now I I never watched The Sopranos, but I do understand the importance of The Sopranos and how other uh, shows like that followed sort of that blueprint. But Ozark was different because Jason Bateman was so brilliant at not trying to be anything other than Jason Bateman. His acting was never you know crazy, outlandish, high, low. He had this ability to have this calmness in some pretty deep water every single episode. And if you'll notice, a lot of these shows love to put the characters in an untenable position where you go, I don't know how they're getting out of this. But that's what they do. There's a degree of difficulty, it feels like, with the writers that they love. Because, you know, Walter White in Breaking Bad, you're like, I don't know how he's going to get out of this. And then he got out of it. Uh, Barry, the show I've been watching on HBO, same way. I'm going to guess The Sopranos was like that as well. Uh, but I think that's almost the blueprint you have now. It's like, we're going to put them in some really tough positions and see if they can get out of it. Yes, yeah, An element of the show that I really love, though, I was thinking about this last night while I was watching it, is that this family is going through all of this crazy stuff but the show has moments where, you know, like uh, Laura Linney's character is just making dinner and she's peeling these carrots because they're going to have a family dinner that night. They have a family dinner every night, even though they're these like money laundering, drug cartel yeah. murdering people. But it's like, hey, but family dinner, huh? Come on, guys. Everybody has to show up for family dinner. It's such a very normal thing. And Ruthie went out in style as well. Uh, you know, th- you see her character on there. What's her name? Julia Garner? Yeah. She's she's just spectacular. And then you see her in Anna, and uh, she plays Anna Dalfe. You look Paul. <laughs> she, 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 she went out in style. They all went out in style. It, it was one of those where watching till the very end, I'm going, I have no idea how this is going to end. Yeah, Paul. I, I was reading an article about Ozark, and it talks about how the family dynamic and also murderous drug lords is in the same episode. And they were going back to there's an early season, early episode of uh, The Sopranos where Tony Soprano is taking his daughter around the Northeast to see private colleges. And then he has to whack an old mob guy that he runs into. It's like the, the, you know, that going back and forth. And they said the same thing about um, there's a season in The Wire where the, the detectives are taking their wives out for, uh, to a movie night. And they run into the, the drug dealers 
in the lobby of the uh, movie theater, and they have like a a calm, casual conversation. But it's they, people still go out to dinner even though they're drug dealers. It's like all these other things, you know, interrupt regular life with these characters. Like they still have a regular life, and then you see how they try to handle what is a normal life or what they're trying to portray as a normal life. You got your kids involved in it, but Ozark does not disappoint. It was it was great. You know, it's one of those companions. Like, I feel bad when I get towards the end of these shows, and then I know that they're done. That, that's it. And then you kind of, like, say, all right, see you later. Thank you. Thank you for giving me how many hours of entertainment. Yeah, Paul. We have a lot of requests for you to buckle down, maybe after the playoffs are over, and start watching The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. People think it's worth your time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a sure thing. This is really a sure thing. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to talk about it at home. You just talk about it here. We'll go through it with you. It's worth it. I'm sure it is. I just, it's weird. It is, it is. When I first started dating my wife, I learned quickly of sort of where the other side of the family stood on things. And when somebody might have known somebody who worked with John Gotti, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, all right, I'm going to be respectful. I don't say I don't bring up organized crime. I don't bring up anything. I don't bring the mafia up. I nothing, nothing. Don't even hint at it. Yeah, Paul. We'll cue it up on a TV and back, and you can watch it here after the show. You do do a, do an episode a day. It's kind of funny to see your reaction. Yeah. Well, all I know is that I never saw The Sopranos, but I told you what I thought happened at the very end, the last episode. I didn't even see it. And I'm, I just kept thinking, okay, that's how it ends with the song by Journey. That means we die. The mafia continues, in my opinion. Like, that's it. Show's over. That They're going to continue with whatever they're doing. We're the ones that go away. That was my thought on this. And I never even saw the episode. Yes, Paul. See, it's wrong, though. You shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> what if you did that with sports? You'd be like, man, the Patriots really handled the Falcons. They had no problem beating them in overtime. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Because the, we are the winners. The Patriots, they are the losers. Oh. And they, cause we... Did you see where the Patriots are going to be playing in Germany? Muy bien. So do you... Th- <laughs> no, I don't think it's that. Oh, okay. No, no, it's Germany. Um, but you, I wonder, I wonder if the NFL says to Tom Brady, we're going to do a game in Germany because you know, the, the Buccaneers, that's a big ticket item to send them to Germany to play a game. Tom Brady's wife is part German, Giselle Bunjden. And I wonder, here's your world famous football player. I don't think there's any other football player who's world famous or at least approaching that. And then you send the Buccaneers to Germany. Giselle is worldwide. She's global. And now you have Tom there. And I wonder about that if the NFL talked to the Buccaneers and Tom about this. Maybe they didn't. But I would think if you say to Brady, hey, this is good for your brand. Seahawks against the Bucks, November 13th in Germany. And I start to wonder, where are we going with the NFL? Like, what is, what is the end game with the NFL? And, and here's another thing. When we went to 17 games, because it used to be with 16 games, if you played in London, you lost a home game. What if the mindset of the owner's commissioner is, 17 games, let's have a bonus game, maybe in Toronto. Uh, They do one in Mexico City. Uh, You do London. You do Germany. You don't lose a home game. You get eight, but you're also growing the sport with these other countries, other locations. And I don't know if that's, you know, a bigger picture with the NFL, but I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. I wondered, and this is, what, 10 years ago, maybe longer, where I wondered if we would have a Super Bowl in London. Now, the commissioner did talk about it, hinted at the possibility of having a Super Bowl in London. And, and before you say, well, they'll never do that. Well, we've said never before quite a bit in sports, and usually it comes back to haunt us. You're still going to watch that Super Bowl. You're still going to watch it. 
You may go, oh, that's... Remember when opening day was in Japan a couple years ago? And I went, well, that's not our opening day. But they tried to sell it as baseball's opening day in Japan. I still watched. I didn't like it, but I still watched. Yeah, Paul. Back in October of 2007, Roger Goodell oh, was doing long. like State of the Union type questions with yeah. the media, and there was a, the new Wembley had just been built, and it was built for maybe being football friendly. And he addressed a question. He said, "There's a great deal of interest in holding a Super Bowl in London, so we'll be looking at that." I'm looking at the stories the next few days. It is not pleasant for the NFL. People are very upset about the idea of shipping our Super Bowl. That's that's how they said it to London, and the topic has not been a hot topic in. 15 years. Well, you would have to start the Super Bowl at around 1 o'clock our time because if you did it in Europe, if you had 6 o'clock Super Bowl that we normally have, 6.30, so you're talking about 11.30 or 12.30 local time, and that'll never happen. You'd have to have a Super Bowl start at 1 o'clock in the afternoon uh, to be fair to the time difference. That's why I don't see that happening anytime soon. But I just wonder what the NFL is thinking with, we're going to have a game in Germany now. Now where's the next one? And then the next one. And that's 17 games, that's where you can say to the owners, you're still going to get your eight home games. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to need a little bit more time to talk about the Oakland A's and, and their plan. Also, maybe what... The, you know, the Oakland A's could do to bring some fans in. You know, nobody's going to those games. I mean, they say that they're averaging 8,000 fans a game. And before you say, I don't care about the Oakland A's, well, you do have fan bases, teams, and there's always going to be a city that goes, we'll take them. And Vegas is just there. Vegas is the net for the trapeze artist. It's like, we're going to be walking. It's, it's a little bit dangerous here. And then they fall, and then Vegas is going to be there to grab them. You know, they're going to grab a basketball team and they're going to get a baseball team. But I think they're definitely going to get a baseball team there. Yes, Tom. And they've been referred to as the swinging A's, so I think Las Vegas would be a real nice fit there. What else do you have? That's all I had there for that. Oh, I thought you had other things. You had other... Do you, do you remember a car, we had a conversation? Oh, I, yeah. Do you remember I don't know how that works? Those were inappropriate for air, though. Oh, when has that stopped you before? <laughs> I'm going to edit myself on that one. Okay. You know what you just did? You just crapped out. Uh, Little Vegas. Uh, oh, just one. Okay. Just All right. one. All right. I thought you gave us uh, TNAs. Oh, is that okay? I didn't know. I'm being like extra conservative. Oh, now you're yeah. being extra conservative. Yeah, like, i got to run everything through Paul and everything. So now I'm like, if anything's even remotely questionable, I just don't say it. Okay. Did you run the limerick by him that you want? Did. Oh, you did? For did. Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, when you walked by and you saw me sleeping at my desk, that's right after wow. that. Wow. Okay. All right. All right, we'll take a break. I just want to talk about this with uh, what's going on with the Oakland A's and why I think they're going to end up in Las Vegas, but also my suggestion for the Oakland A's. And this might be what happened in the movie Major League. Maybe they are trying to not have a good product on the field. And, and they're doing a good job, but not as good as the Cincinnati Reds are. The Reds aren't trying to get out of Cincinnati, I don't think. But, man, they had one of the worst months in the history of baseball. Play of the day up next, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. 
roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. The play, the play, is called play. of the day. Runner left side, got it! Check this out. Jalen left-hand escape dribble, trying to get away from Grayson Allen. Nine of the shot clock. He wants to take him. Jalen dribbling low. Pushes off, steps back, and hits the jumper. He dropped Grayson Allen and drilled the jumper. And that will be the gift that keeps on giving. Dropped it like a bad cold. It's a series now. That's courtesy of WBZ, the Sports Hub, Celtics Radio Network. Jalen Brown, 30 points. Fourth career playoff game with 30 or more points. Three of those have come against the Milwaukee Bucks. That's your play of the day. Play of the day is brought to you by the great folks at Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. And they do that automatically. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. The Oakland A's are averaging under 8,000 fans per game this season. I mean, that's probably paid attendance. I don't know. And it feels like you're getting under 3000 every game. Last night, 2800 Payroll of $50 million. That's the second lowest in baseball. In 2019, they averaged just over 20,000 fans per game. Their payroll was twice what it is now, 102. That was still 20th in the majors. They made the playoffs in 18, 19, and 20, and their current lease expires in 2024. Feels like you're dumping salary. And you're basically saying, hey, nobody wants, the, uh, wants, nobody wants to see the Oakland A's. We'll just relocate. 
This has gone back and forth, getting improvements for the Oakland Coliseum, maybe a new site for them. Just feels like this is inevitable. You know, you start to play both sides here, and that's what they've been doing, and it feels like Vegas is real. But we wondered, if 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 you want to have fans there, why not just say everybody gets in free? How about everybody gets in free night? Now I get, it costs $30 to park at an Oakland A's game. I've been to the Oakland Coliseum. I've been in that parking lot. Uh, I'm going to take public transportation. But if I get you in the ballpark, this is what I don't, I don't understand. And look, I didn't go to Wharton. I didn't go to some business school. But I think if you get fans in, let them experience. Now, it's probably too late. But I always wondered, and you're watching Oakland the other night, and you could basically introduce yourself. You could you could have a conversation with somebody in the stands if you're on the field. Um and you could probably hear a conversation in the stands. Why not just say this section, first ones that show up, get to watch this game for free. How about that? 10,000 seats for free. Because I'm guessing if I have people in the stands and they do spend money, that's better than people not being in the stands and not paying money. But if I'm an Oakland A's fan... I'm with you. I wouldn't show up. They raised prices. The salary went down. So you're saying to me, unless you include us in this that says, hey, here's the bigger plan. Like I said about Philadelphia when the process was going on. If you let the fans in on it and then you lower the ticket prices because the product you're putting on the basketball floor isn't any good, then I'm okay with that. But you're going to price gouge me? And then you 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 may move? The hell with you. I don't need you. But I would, any of these baseball teams, just say 10,000 people get in free. You could even say parking is free. Get them in the ballpark. Anybody 12 and under. Anybody who has a report card of a grade point average over 3-0, bring it with you. Yeah, Paul. How about anybody who has a report card? Let's just start there. <laughs> okay. I, you know, because I would like to go to a game for free, and I, my, I couldn't get that, uh, that B level or A level. And they've always had this problem, it feels like. You know, I go back to Charlie Finley, and the Oakland A's were awesome in the, in the early 70s. But, you know, you're making the playoffs, but you don't keep your players. And they may say, well, what came first? That uh, we develop players, but we can't keep them because we don't have a great fan base. Well, then just move. You know, just move. And go to Vegas if you can. Feels like that seems inevitable. But watching that, I just, I I don't understand that logic, that why not just say, everybody, you come in, it's free. Then you're going to pay. You're going to pay for concessions. You, you, you know, you're going to get items, jerseys, hats, all of that. Plus, you're going to give a fan Maybe that opportunity to see a game for the first time in person, sights, sounds, the feel, and then you're going to get them to come back. But one night out of the month, free baseball. What could go wrong? Yeah, Paul. This will blow your mind. The A's and the Yankees have both made the postseason (laughs) seven of the last ten years. Now, the Yankees are more threatening, and they, they go a little deeper, but the A's have made the playoffs. They're not some embarrassment. They're not. It's not like we're 20 years in from them not, not making the postseason. They're more in the postseason 70% of the time. Yeah. Gus in L.A. Hi, Gus. Good morning. How are you, buddy? Good morning, Mr. Patrick. Hope all is well with you, the boys. Uh, well, call them because you mentioned earlier the Lakers, and right now it's never good news. Um, this whole Phil Jackson thing, I didn't get my hopes up when I first read the headline because he's already been doing this. If you go back, he'd helped the Detroit Pistons a few years back look for their coach. What did that amount to? Nothing. He was announced as the head of the New York Knicks. Phil Jackson couldn't even save the Knicks. And now he's helping the coaching search for here. This kind of reminds me, and I may be a little off topic with it, but it reminds me of when Pete Carroll left. USC, 
And we started going after SC guys. You've got to bring in an SC guy, some guy from Pete Carroll's lineage. He's Pete Carroll's guy. It's like, oh, if they don't bring in a quote-unquote Laker guy, he's not going to understand what it is to do Lakers basketball. Look, anybody that knows the game of NBA for more than five minutes knows how important it is to coach the Lakers, okay? So, I, like, this doesn't give me any hope, doesn't bring me any, you know, resolve that, oh, thank God, Phil Jackson's here. Everything's good. Phil Jackson was done coaching before Anthony Davis was even at Kentucky, so it's like it's kind of like it's a different generation, a different type of coach, and I'm afraid that Phil Jackson's just going to want to put one of his guys like he did in New York with Kurt Rambis and Derek Fisher. Yeah. Once I, again, it's a cloudy day in L.A. and cloudy day for the Lakers. You boys have a great week. Hey, hey Gus, uh, who's the biggest celebrity who's come into the store where you're uh, security? Biggest celebrity? Uh, all right. So it's, it's kind of two ways. depends on how you want to look at it. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had Jennifer Lopez. A few months prior to that, we had Magic Johnson. So, who yeah, has a bigger? One. If you're a big, who has a bigger entourage? <laughs> that was J Lo by far. Magic was by himself. Oh, okay. All right, some high end yeah. stuff there. All right. Well, thank you, Gus. Gus is uh, the door. I don't know. Is he security? Marv, you went out and saw him on Rodale Drive. He's the head of security. Head of store. security. All right. Okay. I like it. I like Gus. Oh, he had a clean look, too, when oh, you saw sure, him on Rodale sure Drive. I like that. A little security there. We're going to talk about name, image, and likeness. Ryan Tannehill's role with the Titans. Should he be mentoring Malik Willis? A lot of things to get to coming up next. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.